Uh, so do you guys remember what we've been talking about these last couple times that I've been here? Anybody? Uh, well, what, if you've forgotten, we've been talking about uh, what psychologists have determined are really the four negative emotions that we feel. Every negative thing in our life is some mixture of shame, sadness, fear, or anger. Those things put together. And the only positive emotion is happiness. And it's actually been found that the best way to increase your happiness is by decreasing the presence of these four negative emotions in your life. And what I've been arguing is that as Christians, we're the only ones who truly have tools to deal with these negative emotions and these things we struggle with. Because we're the only one that has the tools that God has given to actually combat them in any sort of helpful and meaningful way. And so we've talked about shame, we've talked about sadness, and we're talking today about fear. Uh, fear. And there's degradations in fear, different levels, you could say. Uh, manifestations of fear are things like anxiety, worry. And if you kind of thought of it as different levels, you know, there's a proper care. We should be careful. Uh, as I was driving today, I was trying to be extra careful because there's a uh, greater chance of danger on the roads. Uh, there's care, then maybe concern a little bit more. And then kind of going from there, then you really have worry. You're worrying. And then maybe you're really anxious. And then one step further, actual paralyzing fear. And I do think there's a good place for care and even concern. And so what I want to be focusing on today is how we can battle um, particularly worry and anxiety. Worry and anxiety. And I'd maybe distinguish them this way. If you think about worry, it's uh, a sort of stress or a distress in your mind that comes from some future perceived negative event that could occur. Something bad that you think possibly could happen in the future. And worries are usually about real things, such as getting in a car accident driving here in the snow. And anxiety then is maybe a step above that, that it becomes almost more generalized. And it's that same distress or stress in your mind, but it's about potentially even more uncertain things, more unknown things, things further in the future. And what can happen is as we allow worry and anxiety to really capture our thoughts and lives, what often happens is that what these emotions are created to do, fear is created to be a healthy response to true danger that you might have heard of like the flight or fight response that your sympathetic system lights up and it increases your strength, it decreases your digestion, all those things so that you can respond with extra strength, extra speed in true danger. But what happens is as we train our minds through worry and anxiety is it creates this response in us that we so quickly then go to this fight or flight response that it actually then becomes almost like a worn groove in our minds and we're always firing on all four cylinders as it were. And the most common in culture today, the most common uh, sort of mental diagnosis you could say is generalized anxiety disorder. This is everywhere because we live in a culture racked with worry and anxiety. Uh, I was listening to one secular psychologist recently and what he was saying is he's like, there's no surprise when people come to me for counseling and they're anxious. There's no surprise when people come worried because there's a whole lot of stuff to be pretty freaked out about in this world. There's a whole lot of stuff to worry about. He said the, the crazy thing is that anyone can ever be calm, that anyone can ever be at peace. And I want to say that as Christians, we actually have tools for becoming people of peace, uh, being people who can be a non-anxious presence everywhere we go. We have tools that other people don't have. 
what's the way that we can conquer anxiety and worry? Uh, the primary thing that really deals with fear is trust. It's the peace that comes through trust. So if you thought of, uh, if you have a little, a little sibling or a little niece or nephew or something, scared to go down a slide, and you're there at the bottom ready to catch them, it's like you don't need to be scared to go down the slide because you can trust one that I'm able to catch you and one that I'm good-hearted enough that I'm actually going to catch you and not trick you and make you go kerplop. Now, if you're a mean older brother, you probably have done that, in which case you shouldn't be trusted. But if you're a father of a child or a mother of a child, you're going to catch your little baby as they go down the slide, and they can trust your goodness and your ability. Um, so trusting goodness and ability is what helps us to have peace in the midst of anxious circumstances. Actually, uh, this afternoon, I'm scheduled to go to the dentist and get a crown on a tooth and a couple of fillings. And I don't know if you're like me, but I hate the dentist, and I get a little bit freaked out about going, especially when it's excessive drilling, and I've had some bad experiences in the past. And so I'm tempted to be very anxious about it, but I have to remember, okay, the dentist, he's trained for this, he knows what he's doing, and he has my good in mind. I'm sure he does not want to torture me unnecessarily. He does not want to give me pain. And so I have to go trusting. He's done this before. He knows what he's doing. And so it is for us with our Heavenly Father. We trust both that he has all power. He can do everything we need. But then he's also really good. And he has our best in mind. And he's actually this Father in all circumstances. And so, yes, maybe um, any person could find a way to try to trust a dentist more. But there are so many things in life where there is no recourse. There's no one to trust. There's so many potential negative things that could happen. And if you don't have a faithful father over it all, then you have no one that you can actually trust and no way to actually truly acquire peace. But the mighty promise we have as Christians is that promise in Romans 8.28 that God makes all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. This is a really, really wild promise that God can make everything, everything in your life, everything that would even seem bad or negative to turn around for the good of his people. And the difficulty here is that what we perceive as good is often not what God perceives as good. We think this would be good, this would be bad, but we have to be able to trust knowing that God can use what we perceive as negative for our spiritual benefit, for our spiritual good. Uh, it was interesting. Uh, we have to hear, we have to trust God's sovereignty, that God has everything under control and he knows what he's doing. I was in a coffee shop last week and uh, this guy just randomly came up to me, I was working on some school projects, I was reading this Christian book, he's like, oh, what book are you reading? I've read that book, that's a really good book. And so he asked me kind of uh, what my beliefs were, so I said, like, I'm, I'm reformed, and he's like, oh yeah, I used to be reformed, and like, I used to trust that God had everything in control, but then I got this sickness, and I couldn't believe that God could allow me to get this sickness, so I decided that maybe God's not actually in control of everything, but he just kind of like responds when we look to him. And uh, he, he left quickly. I didn't have a chance to really engage him. But the thought that occurred to me was, how does that bring you more comfort? You've basically traded having a perspective where God is your good father, that even in the worst circumstances, you can trust that he has a purpose for it, and he will be there for you in it. You've traded that for being 
in the hands of chance. That whatever fate bestows on you, anything in this world, there's no purpose for it, no plan for it, and nobody in control of it. And I was just thinking, how does that bring you more comfort? The most comforting thought is that even in the worst circumstances, we can trust that God has our good in mind, the good of his people, particularly are being made more like Jesus. And that's the promise in Romans 8, 29, that God has called us to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And often, it's the hardest things we go through, the most difficult things we go through, that most press us and make us more into the image of Jesus. And isn't that what we want? To be more and more like Jesus. Uh, so... I know we, we all deal with this to different extents. There's, all, there's things to worry about. There's a lot of things to be anxious about. So how do we actually deal with this? What are some practical steps we can take to try to root out and get rid of anxiety and worry in our life? Um, I stole this from John Piper, because you know, if you're going to borrow, borrow from the best. And he has this acronym he uses called APTAT. Uh, sort of a steps, steps you can take if you're struggling with worry or anxiety. And what it simply is, is to acknowledge to pray, to trust, then to act, and then at the end to thank. Aptat. Acknowledge, pray, trust, act, thank. So I just want to walk through this quickly with a couple really powerful verses. The key verses from scripture on anxiety. If you have a way to take notes, you could jot these down and it might be very helpful um, as we look at these. Okay, so we're dealing with the circumstances. You're tempted by anxious thoughts, something to be stressed about, something to be worried about, uh, here's what we want to first do. You have to first stop and acknowledge, acknowledge and be able to diagnose, I am feeling anxious right now. I am feeling really worried right now. Uh, being able to recognize when you're doing this is the first thing you got to do. And then if you recognize it and acknowledge it, then the second thing to do is to then go to the Lord in prayer. Probably the most popular verse on anxiety is in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, which says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. What an amazing promise. God's peace to come and guard us, to protect us. But it starts off with, in everything, to come to God by prayer and to come to God bringing our request to him. Because you see, prayer is actually an act of faithful trust in God. Our willingness to bring our anxieties to God in prayer actually shows that we trust in him. And actually, even that act of doing that, it creates a trusting disposition in us. And as we trust our Father, the more we're filled with his peace. And so what this is, is we have to learn to kill our anxious thoughts at the root, at the very start, before you've been mulling it over for hours or even minutes, as soon as you're feeling that way, to bring it to God in prayer. So first, you need to acknowledge. Second, you need to pray. And third, you need to trust. And this is really important. This is what we were saying before. You've got to trust God's goodness. You've got to trust God's care and trust God's power. Second verse 1 Peter 5, 6 to 7. This was the one I personally find most helpful. 1 Peter 5, 6 to, 6 to 7 says this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And here's what you do. Casting 
all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. So what this is saying is that we need to humble ourselves. That is, go low, come underneath God's mighty, powerful hand, acknowledge his control, casting all our anxieties on him. This is actually the word for throwing. To throw our anxieties on God because he's the one that's strong enough to bear them. Because you see, here's what you and I do. We often try to carry burdens that aren't really ours to carry. And particularly the burdens that we try to carry that we don't need to are the burdens of the future. Jesus taught in Matthew 6, uh, he says, Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Sufficient is the day for its own trouble. And most of our worries and anxieties come from things in the future. But the future belongs to God. The future belongs to God. And so when we try to carry all the burdens of anything bad that could happen to us in the future, we're taking on things that we weren't meant to carry. And they were things that God was meant to carry. Uh, my wife reminded me this morning of when we were back visiting family over uh, my fall break. And my little niece, as we were heading off to the airport, we had our backpacks pretty loaded with stuff. And my niece, Naya, is about three years old. And she insisted on carrying my wife, Julie's backpack, which was filled with books and it was heavy. And it was far too heavy for her. She could barely lift it. And it was this, this idea, though, like, I need to have control here. I need to do something about this. This is my job. And that's what we do when we take those burdens of tomorrow. We're saying, no, I must make it right. I must make sure everything turns out okay. I must take control. But we're carrying something far too heavy for us. Far better to cast off that pack onto the shoulders of God, the one who can fully bear it. And, you know, my, my niece Naya, she gets her own little backpack sometimes and goes around with it. Because parents wisely know what to bestow on their kids. But then we need to know what to cast back onto God's shoulders. Knowing, and this is the key here, because he cares for you. This is the best promise to trust. That as you feel this anxiety, you've prayed to God about it. And you just think to yourself, trusting, God, I'm going to throw this on your shoulders because I know that you care for me. Such a simple thought. God, I know that you care for me. To really trust that God cares for you and will care for you. No matter what's going on, no matter what's going to happen to you, God cares. And from this place, then with the freedoms of these burdens removed, we act. We, as Matthew 6, just before that, it said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and God will take care of the rest. We do what's ahead of us today. What has God called me to do today? What is my task today? And I can tackle it one step at a time. We act. Uh, there's, that, there's a popular idiom. You've probably heard this before. But it just says, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future. I don't know what's in store for me. I don't know what's coming up next, but I know who holds it. My good and faithful father. And then once we've concluded, to be ready... Um, Lastly, to thank. So to acknowledge, to pray, then to trust and act, and then to thank. And we often forget this, that we, I pray for safety driving here today, but then to remember to thank. God, thank you that I had a safe drive. Thank, thank you that you kept me on the way. So to always reflect back and thank God. Uh, I'll add one more verse in closing. Uh, this was the one that was really special to me at a hard season of my life. And that is Psalm 94, verses 18 and 19. Psalm 94, 18 and 19 says this. If I say, 
my foot slips. You know, I'm slipping, God. Your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up, will support me and stabilize me when I feel like I'm slipping. And then look at this. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. We can have multitudes of anxieties, but what will give our souls peace? What will give our souls joy? What will give our souls delight? All the comforts of God. And when I was going through the hardest season of my life, one day I was just thinking on this verse. And I thought to myself, I'm like, JC, write down what are God's comforts. When none of my circumstances feel comforting, how do God's comforts delight my soul? And here's the things that I came up with, at least some of them. And I hope this is an encouragement to you. But just, God reminded me, I am saved from sin. I don't have to carry the burden of sin. Secondly, I'm a child of God. How comforting is that? I am your child, God. Third, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. You've given me of your Holy Spirit to comfort me, to walk alongside me, to indwell me. And then to remember the comfort of the Lord knows what I need. He knows all my needs even better than I do. Fifth, the Lord hears my prayers. His ear isn't closed to me. He hears every cry. He collects our tears in a bottle, as it were. Sixthly, the Lord cares for me. The Lord cares. If you don't remember anything else from today, just remember this promise. If I trust in Christ, the Lord cares for me. And then lastly, the Lord will do what is best. The Lord will do what is best. And when we can have these comforts of God, that enables us and strengthens us in the midst of all our anxieties and worries. Seeing as the bell has not gone, I'll maybe add one last thing here. Uh, As I was driving here, I felt a real attack of anxiety. And the anxiety for me was that I was really worried. I'll make this quick. I was worried that my wife was driving to work and she had a really long commute today. And I just felt really scared that she would get in an accident because I really love her. And that thought of her getting in an accident was just really scary to me. And then I realized, I'm like, I'm actually being so anxious right now. And so I thought, hey, I should actually do this thing that I did right now. And so I tried to acknowledge it to God. God, I feel really anxious right now about Julie driving to work. And then I prayed about it. I prayed for her. I prayed for safety. And then I said, God, how do I trust you right now? I trust that you care for Julie. You care for me. You will be good in everything that could happen. And to trust and then to act. To be like, I I encourage her to drive safely today. I prayed with her. I prayed for her. And so I can trust God. And then maybe this is just the last piece for you guys to remember. And this is kind of the hardest part. It's after we try to trust God, a second part of that is um, sort of suppressing all those thoughts that try to rise up. Because the whole time I was driving here, I kept having images flash in my mind of like, what it would be like if my wife was in an accident or getting a phone call that she was hurt. And even after I had done this praying and trusting, these thoughts keep trying to flashing in my mind. And I know I can't dwell on these thoughts. I cannot think of them because if I start thinking of them, I will get anxious again. But if I'm going to really trust God, that means I cannot allow these thoughts to incept my mind, as it were, and steal my joy and steal my hope. So that's encouragement for you guys. Because what happens is anxious thoughts build upon each other and they snowball. And you have to get it right at the beginning and not allow the snow to keep adding to that snowball. Okay? And that's often the hardest part is how to control those thoughts that they don't spin out of control. 
So acknowledge your anxieties to the Lord. Trust in him. Pray about it. Do what you need to do and thank him when it's done. Knowing that God cares for us so much. He even gave his son for you. And if God gave his son to die and pay for your sins, how will he not care for you? How will he not even give you of his Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it is such a blessing to be your children. We thank you that you care for us and you give us good gifts. Uh, You tenderly and gently lead us like a good shepherd. And you're so trustworthy. So help us to put our trust in you. Help us to cast all of our cares on you. All our anxieties on you. All of our worries on you. Knowing that you care for us. Lord, would you help these students as they deal with anxious thoughts to hand them over to you, to pray about them, to realize as soon as they're coming into their mind, and to control their thoughts, knowing that you keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So would these students be students of peace, people of a non-anxious presence in the midst of an anxious world, and that their peace would testify to the goodness of their Father and to the loving kindness of their God in heaven. Would this be all for Christ's sake. Amen.